Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's evil schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and when you're th- with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate what you join me in prayer right now. Lord, thank you so much again for your word. It is alive, it's active, and it is going to speak to us today. So, God, I just ask that you would, uh, Lord, just use me, anoint me. God, help me as I share these words. Lord, I pray, God, that it would help us to grow. Lord, it would make sense to people. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would illuminate my words and use them to help people grow closer to you, to understand who you are and how you work in our life in a greater way, in a more clear way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? We are in week number two of Life in the River. Last week was a good week. It was just basically a foundational week as we set up what does it mean to be River's church. And river, that word, uh, is a reference to the Holy Spirit. And so we kind of just laid foundation of who the Holy Spirit is last week and how he is, you know, God exists three in one, third person of the triune Godhead is the Holy Spirit. And the message in a sense was, as a follower of Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit. But the real question is, does the Holy Spirit have me? And so we talked about who the Holy Spirit is, the importance of the Holy Spirit and his role and how just mind-blowing and profound it is that Christianity is not just about following rules, but it's about having a relationship with God. The fact is, when you and I say yes to Jesus and commit to following him, that the spirit of Jesus, God himself, comes and sets up residency inside of us. He lives in us. That, my friends, is just kind of mind-blowing and crazy and awesome all at the same time. Wouldn't you agree? It's what sets Christianity apart from any other world religion, because Christianity is the one that says, okay, God will come and live in you and empower you and help you live this life that you're living right now. 
And it shows us really it's not about religion, it's about relationship. That's what this is all about. And so that was last week, foundational, good stuff. If you missed it, go back and catch it. But today, I'm excited for week two. I think today is gonna be very, very beneficial and practical and helpful for all of us, regardless of where you're at in this faith journey, in this, this Jesus thing. This is gonna be good. So the message in a sentence, in a sense, is this, is, is as a follower of Jesus, it's very similar to last week, by the way, just kind of changed a few words. Just to help us remember things, you know, sometimes we forget, Right? It's easy to forget things. So, as a follower of Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit, but am I letting the Holy Spirit lead me? That's the question. That's the goal, that you and I would let the Holy Spirit lead us in our life, that I would not just know that I have the Holy Spirit, that, okay, as a follower, I've, the Holy Spirit is now living inside of me, but am I letting him lead me in life? This is the goal. This is how we want to live. And so let's go to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to look at this guy named Jesus and just one verse that gives us a very big clue as to how he lived. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say full. Full. Okay, it's a very key word there. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Everybody say led. Okay, very key word there as well. Led by the Spirit in the desert. One verse we learn a lot right here. Okay, so our mission here at Rivers Church is. We want to love people, live like Jesus, and lead others to him. That's what we're all about. That's, that's our passion. Love people, live like Jesus, and lead others to him, to, to Jesus. And so if we want to live like Jesus, verses like Luke chapter 4, verse 1, give us a very good indicator of how Jesus lived. He was someone who was full of the Spirit, and he was also led by the Spirit. And by the way, if Jesus himself, the God-man, needed to be full of the Spirit and led by the Spirit, we certainly do as well. So what's happening here in this, in this moment in time in Jesus' earthly life is he's, he's just leaving being baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. And so in that moment where he was baptized, it says that the Spirit descended on him. Jesus does nothing publicly until his, he's water baptized, now he is, the Spirit has descended on him, and now he's going to go, and he's going to do ministry, actually, but it's going to be after he goes to this time in the desert and the temptation and all that kind of stuff. But now he is full of the Spirit. Jesus himself needed to live this way, full of the Spirit, and he was led by the Spirit that shows you and I this is of utmost importance. As followers of Jesus, it is imperative that you and I are full of the Spirit and led by the Spirit. That's why I would encourage you. Every day to pray this. God, fill me again today. Fill me with your spirit again today. Lead me today. Now, that word fill is a very important word, by the way. Jesus was full of the spirit, so that word literally means, it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean like you pour water into a passive container and like you fill that glass with water. Okay, that's not what it means. It actually means to, uh, to take control or possession of, take possession of the mind. So you could liken it to where Paul talks about don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So think about why would even Paul compare those two, drunk with wine, but filled with the Spirit. But think about when you're drunk with any sort of alcohol, what happens? Your blood alcohol level is totally destroyed, and it impairs everything about your life, right? Like you're thinking how you act, interact, how you walk, and all this. Like you can't even walk, you know, you can't do things. 
And so he's saying, don't be drunk with wine. Actually, be filled with the Spirit. That's what Paul's referring to. And this is, again, how Jesus lived. It is allowing the Spirit to fill us so much so that he fills every aspect of our being, and it affects how we live, how we act, how we speak. That's the goal, right? So Jesus himself, full of Spirit, and he was led by the Spirit. This is how we are called to live, same way. Now, keep in mind, as we live this way, it doesn't mean life's gonna be easy or perfect. Jesus is full of spirit. Now he's led by the spirit. Where? Into the desert. He's going to this desert season and he's gonna be facing temptation by the devil. And so you you can read through that in in those next few verses in Luke chapter four. Uh, But that just shows you and I that as we are striving to do our best to be led by the spirit, Life is still going to be tough. Life happens. Tragedy happens. It's going to be difficult. It does, God does not promise easy, comfortable life. But still, the goal is this. Do you now be full of spirit and led by the spirit? So what today I want to talk about is this, what I call the principle of alignment, making sure you and I are in alignment with God. Alignment is a very, very important thing. Have you ever had your back get out of alignment? Does that ever have, anybody have any back issues here? Anybody like, okay, that's, I do. It happened way back when I was playing basketball in high school, and I'd always known that I had a little slight scoliosis, but my, it went out in high school. It was really bummer last couple of days. And then it happened every few years or so. My back would go out for a couple of days just because I got a little slight curvature, a little scoliosis in the spine. And then it would show up, and it would kind of rear its nasty head and just kind of, I'd, I'd, I'd be laid out for a couple of days. It was miserable and painful. It only happened every once in a while until last year, and then it laid me out for weeks, and I finally had to go to the chiropractor for the first time and get adjustments and get all these exercises to get my back better aligned and uh, stronger so that I could function better, and that, for the first time in my life, I was thankful for a chiropractor and for exercises to kind of get back into place. So when your back gets out of alignment, it's obvious. It shows, uh, I would say, eventually, but not always immediately. And you and I are called to live in alignment with God, and we can step out of alignment. I'll explain all this later, but it, when you and I live out of alignment with God, it, it may not show immediately, but it will eventually show. Just like your back. If Your back could be out of alignment right now. You don't know it. But you could just bend over to tie your shoe later on today, and all of a sudden, you ever had that happen before? It's like, oh, man, that's just, that's no fun. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, so, Alignment, it's very important. So we're gonna talk about living in alignment, this principle of alignment. So you gotta understand that God created you with three distinct parts. You were created with a body, with a soul, and with a spirit. You have three parts to your being that God created you with. Your body, your soul, and your spirit. We understand the body, right? The physical part of us, that makes sense. Okay, the soul, what is the soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions, It encompasses your feelings, your thoughts, your thinking. All of that is your soul and then your spirit. When God said way back in the beginning, Genesis, let us make man in our image, he placed a spirit inside of us because God is spirit. The imago Dei, image of God that we have in us, is a spirit. And so these are the three parts to your being. In fact, let's look real quickly at 1 Thessalonians 5. speaks to this. Because some of you might think, and I, I thought the soul and the spirit's like the same thing. You're like, you're messing, you're messing with me, Tyrone. What's, what's, what's going on here? So, uh, Ephesians, what did I say? First Thessalonians? 
523, that's where we're going, right? Uh, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you see all three of those separated uniquely, distinctly there. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. And I love what the Freedom Course content said about this. So some of us have heard some of these things I'm going to say. If you've been a part of the Freedom Course, this is a familiar topic. We looked at this several weeks ago in one of our studies. Really, really good. We're not going to go as deep today, obviously, as the study we did a few weeks ago. But can I just pause and say, if you missed out on Freedom Course, catch it the next go around because it is phenomenal, good stuff. And oh, by the way, I'm really looking forward to the Freedom Conference this weekend. And everyone's invited. If you want to come Friday night and Saturday morning, afternoon, hang out with us, it's going to be really, really cool, a lot of fun. Everyone's welcome uh, this week. So uh, in the Freedom Course, it talked about our spirit, soul, and our body. And this is what it said. It says, we have a spirit that must be redeemed, a soul that must be restored, and a body that must be surrendered. And I love how it framed that. I have a spirit that must be redeemed, a soul that must be restored, and a body that needs to be surrendered. So when you and I say yes to Jesus, we realize, man, I've, I've sinned, I've rebelled against God, and I need to accept what Jesus did for me on the cross. That death and resurrection, the cross, it not only shows me that God is real, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and conquered death, but it shows me I need forgiveness for my sins. And so I accept that work, and I, and I say, thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness, And I put my trust in him. I commit to him. And that moment when I do that, we call it salvation, right? That's that salvation moment. In that moment, the spirit of God enters our life and we go from death to life spiritually. So Jesus talked about being born again. And when he's talking with these people about being born again, they're like, like, what, Jesus? Like, what do you think? I gotta go through my mother's womb again? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Jesus, you're kind of weirding me out here. Jesus is like, no, I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually, You're going to be born again. You were born, obviously, once. All of us were physically, but you need to be born again spiritually. That's what he was referring to. And so what happens when you and I say yes to Jesus and commit to following him, then that spirit that God placed inside of us, it was dead. Now it is alive in Christ. You are born again spiritually, and you and I now, as we're alive in Christ, we want to live in that relationship, walk in that relationship. So we're going to talk about this principle of alignment, and the goal is that we would live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So let's talk about this alignment thing. How does this work? How does this, what does this mean here? Because alignment's important, right? It's important for your back. It's important for your car, too, by the way. You want to have a car that your car ever go out of alignment before? Anybody have a car that they have to hold at like two o'clock just to go straight? You ever have that? I've had, I've had a couple of cars like that. It's like, okay, now I can go straight down the road as I hold the steering wheel right like this. And then I remember this one particular car. It was great because uh, when I hit this certain corners on my drives that were just perfect for my out of alignment steering, I could just let go and the car would just naturally just go around the corner. It was great. But then I'd have to pull it back and put it at two o'clock again so I could go straight. You know, it's not good for your car to be out of alignment, is what they tell us. The experts say, you know, it's bad for your tires and all that kind of stuff. And so you want your car to be in alignment. You want your back to be in alignment. We need to be in alignment spiritually with God. And here's what it looks like. It looks like this, spirit, soul, and body. 
This is you and I placing ourselves in alignment to God. And really, alignment is all about surrender or submission. That's really what it comes down to. Put myself in surrender, submission, where my body would submit to my soul. Soul submit to spirit. Spirit submit to the spirit of the living God. God alive. And God wants to speak to you and I. This is an amazing thing about God. He wants to speak to us. And the problem for us is if we're out of alignment, we have a hard time hearing God's voice. God won't speak to your soul or your body. God is spirit. He speaks to your spirit. It's important. We're in alignment so we can connect with God, be in communion, intimacy, and relationship with God. Then I can better understand and hear his voice speaking to me. But when I get out of alignment, and I'm living according to like this, where it says your soul and spirit and body, you could even flip the body and spirit. That can be also out of alignment, which is a place we all go. When I get out of alignment, I have a hard time hearing or discerning God speaking to me. Because what I'm doing is I'm living according to my soul. What's your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. I'm basically allowing my feelings, even my thinking, to dictate and determine my life. It is leading my life. It is guiding my life. And so, and, and feelings aren't bad, by the way. Your soul, obviously, God gave you a soul. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. God has emotions himself. Yeah. But we don't want our emotions and our feelings and even our thinking and our just, because sometimes our thinking can be wrong. Let's be, let's be real. Like, I can and feel like I'm smart, but even when I'm smart, I can be wrong. Yeah. I don't want all, just my thoughts and my feelings to lead and direct my life. And if I'm living this way, I'm out of alignment. And then when God's trying to speak to me, I'm having a hard time discerning. What is God saying? Because he's having to speak through all my feelings and my emotions. I'm like, God, what are you saying? You know, and I don't know. Is this me? Is this you? Is this the devil? I don't know, you know, because I'm having to decipher everything through my emotions. And so I got to get back into alignment where I can properly connect with God, who is spirit, and he can speak to me and I can better discern him speaking to me. Does that make sense? So you ever had this happen to you before where you maybe have a bad morning as you're preparing to go to church? Maybe you have a fight with your spouse or, you know, you've, you, maybe the whole family's fighting, the, the, the parents are fighting, the kids are fighting, and you show up to church. Maybe you just had a bad day or a bad week, but you still, you're getting ready to go to church or a bad year. Let's just throw a bad year into this, right? Okay, you go to church and... The worship team starts playing. They start leading you in worship songs. You begin to worship God. And all of a sudden, you begin to feel better. You begin to feel lighter. And you're like, oh, man, I just need to be here. This is good. And by the end of the worship set, you're like, honey, I love you. You're perfect and you're amazing. And God, you're good. And God, life is awesome. And you feel better. You even think better. And what happened? What changed? What happened was, I was living by my soul, my feelings, my emotions, but I came and I put myself in alignment with God. As I began to declare truth and began to worship God and lift him up and put him first in my life, I put myself into alignment, and alignment feels much better than no alignment, out of alignment. And so God designed you and I to live this way. Principle of alignment, again, like I said, this is so practical, but very important because I wanna help you to be people who live by the Spirit. Living by the Spirit is you and I walking in alignment. So this whole alignment thing, by the way, is not a, a matter of importance. All parts of our life are important. It's just an alignment thing. Some people step out of alignment and they, 
will say, maybe you've said this or felt this or even heard this from somebody, they'll say like, where's, where's God? I, don't, I, I used to feel him or be close to him, but where's God now? And they just have a hard time just connecting with God and, and maybe even now believing in God. Well, God doesn't change. It's important we understand that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what changes is us, right? How we're living, how we're acting, how we're interacting. So what happens is we get out of alignment. We have a hard time connecting with God and being close to God and walking with him. And then after a while of doing that, we're like, God, where are you? You left me. He's like, I'm right here still. We gotta put ourselves back in alignment with him. Okay, is this making sense for us? Is helping you out? Let me give you four reasons why I think you and I should walk in alignment. Number one, it's God's will. This is how he set this thing up. He created you and I, gave us life so that we could walk our life with him in relationship. This is his will, it's his desire. Truth is, we're not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We are actually spiritual beings having a physical experience. Number two, so we can hear God's voice, which I just talked about a few moments ago. God wants to speak to you. And maybe you've been following Jesus for a while and you're one of those people that say, man, I don't know if he's ever spoken to me. And and I've talked to Christians who feel really guilty and they feel like I'm just like a lesser Christian or I must be a nobody because I don't think God's ever spoke to me. And I just want to speak to you if you feel that way or you think that way. Just accept the grace of God where you're at. You know that you're okay, there's nothing wrong with you, but I wanna encourage you, just put yourself in a position to receive from God because he does wanna speak to you. It's the really amazing and cool thing about this Christianity thing is we're in relationship with God and he wants to speak to us. So this is a learned thing. You and I grow in this. We learn this. Just like Jesus said this, he says, my sheep know my voice. And so just like you would know the voice of a family member, like you, you don't have to see them. You could just hear their voice and you're like, oh, I know who that is. As you and I grow and spend more and more time with God, we will learn his voice. We will learn how to discern when he is speaking to us. So just stay, just stay walking with him, connect with him, accept his grace right where you're at and know that you can grow in this in hearing his voice. And by the way, stay in the word too because he will speak to you through his word. God, this is God's word, and uh, we'll look at a verse here in just a few moments, but God loves to, and he will mostly speak to you through his word. All right, so number, number three is to grow spiritually. It's this process of sanctification, which is a Bible word that really speaks to spiritual growth. We're all in this process of spiritual growth. None of us will ever be perfect. Only Jesus did that. Christianity is not about perfection. It's about process about sanctification. We're in this process of growing and learning. And so the Spirit does the work in us. We've got to allow Him to work in us and through us so we can grow. Okay, so that's another reason why I'd walk in alignment so I can grow spiritually. So number one, because it's God's will. Number two, so I can hear His voice. Number three, so I can grow spiritually. And number four, we'll camp on this for a few moments, to fight the spiritual battle. This is why I want to walk in alignment. So I can fight the spiritual battle, really so I can fight the right way. And it's important we understand there's a battle going on for our life right now. There's a battle for your life going on right now in the spiritual realm. We can't see it, but we can feel the effects of it. Don't you wish you could peer into the spiritual realm and see that? Like, that would be super cool, maybe even super scary to some of us. Like, I don't even want to know. I'll just, okay, God, just tell me what to do. I'm good. 
Because every time I read about, you know, people see angels in the Bible, they fall down, and the angel says, don't be afraid. But they're obviously freaked out, so it's too late, angel. Why'd you say that? This person's already laid out, and they're afraid. I'm okay not seeing it, but it's there. And we may not see it, but we feel the effects of the spiritual realm. You are in a battle. It is a spiritual battle. And even when you and I live by the Spirit, when we're walking in alignment with God, we're going to face trials, tragedy, even temptation will come our way. This is all a part of life. So how do I handle this? Especially temptation. As temptation comes, how do I battle this? If I'm going to be someone who is led by the Spirit, walking in alignment, how do I face temptation? I want to overcome this temptation thing because as a follower of Jesus, and maybe you've felt this tension before, like, why do I still really want to sin? Well, the truth is you want to sin because you like it. Let's just be real. That's why you sin, right? We like it. But sin, unfortunately, is destructive in its nature, and it, and it separates us from God, and it's, it's rebellion against trusting God. And so uh, it destroys us. It just kills us from the inside out, even, even when we're not realizing it. And so um, we still have this desire within us. You know, our soul wants to go there. Our flesh wants to go there. Even our body wants to go there. So we're still in this process of growing sanctification, growing spiritually, all of that. But here, let me give you some important principles that'll help you fight the battle spiritually. James chapter four, verse seven. James chapter four, verse seven. This is very, very important. If you wanna walk in alignment, live by the spirit, you gotta understand this verse, know it, quote it, let it become a part of your life. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Submit yourselves then to God, Resist the devil, and he will flee. So when you face temptation, as believers, oftentimes we feel like it's like, I just gotta resist, I gotta resist. Get thee behind me, Satan, you know, you get, I'm not gonna listen to you, I'm not gonna believe in you, I gotta resist the temptation. But this verse gives us a very important key. Our resistance to temptation and the enemy and everything he throws at us first starts with submission to God. I've got to start there. I submit myself to you, God. And this really is the hardest part for us. And this is what keeps a lot of people from really believing in God and trusting God. I don't want to submit to him and his ways. And eventually what happens is a lot of people, they realize, man, God's real. And man, I need him. I need his help. I, he's, he made us. He, made, he thought this whole thing up. I probably should trust him with my life and so they finally come to this point of surrender. But for a lot of people, that's just, uh, it's very difficult. Maybe you were one of those where it took you a long time. There's a lot of pride in us. We want to do this our own way. I want to just, I have to intellectually, it's all about my thoughts and my thinking. And we have all these things we think and believe. And it, it's very difficult for us to submit and surrender. So this walking in alignment and living by the Spirit, it really starts with submission and surrender. And when you face temptation, this is where it starts too. I gotta submit to God. Because when I submit to him, now I can receive his authority and the authority that he gives me actually gives me the strength to resist the enemy, to resist the devil. As I walk in submission, I can receive his authority. His authority and his power and his strength don't happen when I do this on my own. I have to first submit to God and then I can receive his authority that he has for me. In fact, here's a thought I have. I was just thinking about this last night as I was kind of going through this, is that Jesus, when he faced the temptation, we aren't reading those verses today. We're gonna skip over those. But 
know, he was led into the desert. Okay, he's tempted by the devil. And what did he do when the devil tempted him? Every time he threw out scripture. He threw out truth from the word of God. And we, so we'll, and we'll talk about this in a moment, but that's important, okay? Because the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's like you're using, okay, God, I'm gonna use, or, or Satan, I'm gonna use truth. I'm gonna use the word of God here to fight this. This is my sword. But I also wonder if when we speak scripture, what we're doing is we're declaring truth that we need to submit to that allows us to resist the temptation. And maybe that's what Jesus is doing there in that moment also is he's declaring truth. And when you declare truth, you and I must submit to truth. And oh, by the way, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And then you and I can walk in freedom. But also there's there's a a power and authority that comes by submitting to truth truth, submitting to God. I kind of got to think that through a little bit more, but that's just one of my thoughts there. Submit to God, and then you and I can resist the devil, and then he will flee. You making sense? So submission is very important. I pray this prayer of submission. God, I submit to you again today. I will surrender to you. We're getting ready to sing a song. So I just surrender to you, God. Body submit to soul, soul submit to spirit, spirit submit to the spirit of the living God so that you can lead me and fill me today, God. Submission, it's very important. And then we cannot forget this whole spiritual battle that's going on. Remember, there's a spiritual realm all around us. And we looked at that scripture not long ago, right at the beginning of the message here. And I wanna highlight just a few verses from that Ephesians 6 passage. Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10. Let's, Let's look at this for a few moments here. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You and I need his strength to do this. If you try to do it on your own, it's going to be very difficult. In whose mighty power? His, right? Okay, good. Make sure. Thank you, Pastor John Mark. His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against all the people that get mad at you and disagree with you. Does your Bible say that? No? No? No, mine doesn't either. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This is where the battle is, guys. From the very beginning, here's what the devil wants to do. He wants you and I to believe him. That's it. That is his simple tactic, to get you to believe him. That's what he did to Eve and Adam, very beginning. And if he can get us to believe him, he's one. That's why we gotta, okay, no, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna believe a lie. I'm not gonna agree and line up with the devil. I'm gonna submit to the truth of God and trust him because that's where freedom comes. That's where life comes, okay? So this is what the devil wants to do. That's his scheme, okay? So our struggle is not against flesh and blood. There it is right there, very clear, right? It's not against people. It's not against people who disagree with you. That's not the struggle. That's not where the battle is. I just got to set them straight. I got to blast them right now on Facebook, and then they'll know. And it doesn't do anything. That's not where the battle is. We, don't, we shouldn't fight. We're not called to fight with people. We're called to love people. Amen? So our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Pretty clear, right? 
That's where the battle is. Okay, so then it goes on through the whole armor. We're not going to walk through the whole armor, but I want to go to the very end of the armor and look at two very important aspects to this spiritual warfare thing and this armor thing. Verse 17 says, take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which we alluded to a few moments ago. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Okay, we're going to look at those two things right there. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12 says this. The Word of God is living and active. This book right here, it's crazy, but it's true. It is living and it is active. If we apply this book to our life, God brings life into us. This book is living and active. And it goes on to say this, uh, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. There they are again, separated, soul and spirit. Do you realize the word of God will help penetrate and, and, and separate your truth from your feelings, soul and spirit? And so our soul, remember our soul is our feelings, our emotions, all that kind of stuff. The word of God will actually penetrate that, divide that, set it apart so that you can decipher, oh, this is feelings and emotions. This is what truth is. The word of God helps with that. It's important we understand that. Okay, so then uh, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. God uses his word to do all of those things. So this word, this book, it is a weapon that we must use in our spiritual battle. And last week I said this phrase, said well, we need more spirit-filled people than scripture-filled people, which obviously I believe in the power of scripture and all that kind of stuff, and I did throw that out there as a disclaimer, but we don't want this book to replace the third person of the triune Godhead, okay? It's not God about God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Scriptures. There is God, the Holy Spirit, who is alive, lives inside of us. He's working in and through us, okay? We, we worship him and submit to him, but we are people of the scripture, of the word, we actually, one of our core values is word and spirit. We combine those two because we wanna make sure that we're not just all about Holy Spirit people. And that, I've seen people that are just all Holy Spirit and they can be really weird. Yeah. And it's like, and then the spirit told me this and then the spirit told me this and the spirit told me to have a divorce and the spirit told me, and then there's like a demon behind every bush. Yeah. Like we don't wanna be weird, hyper-spiritual people. So we need the word of God to help ground us. We wanna be grounded in the word, but still empowered by the spirit. And so we don't want to throw out the Spirit's leading and empowerment, all that kind of stuff. We need that as well, okay? So it's both are very, very, very important. Word and Spirit, right? So we need the Word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit. You want to walk in alignment? You want to live by the Spirit? Make sure you utilize the Word. Number two is the, the, the Paul says there, pray in the Spirit. That's an interesting phrase that I think is important for us to understand. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Good question, wouldn't you think? And I think a lot of people would say, well, it means to pray in tongues, pray in your heavenly language. And I would say, yes, but that's not fully it. That's just part of it. So gift of tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in heavenly languages, it's in the Bible, it's all over scripture. We believe in that here as a church. If you've never received that gift, I'd encourage you to ask. Ask God to fill you with that gift baptize you in a spirit and you can receive just the gift of speaking in tongues, heavenly language. It is, it is a crazy gift that God wants to give you. 
Pray for it, ask for it. We'll talk about it more in the series, but um, I think that's just part of praying in the Spirit. What it means to pray in the Spirit is that plus, I would say, allow the Spirit to lead you in all of your prayers. Let Him speak to you and lead you. Open yourself up to, God, what do you want me to pray? Because oftentimes we, we pray our prayer list, right? We pray what's, you know, I got this all written down and then I got these things on my mind and on my heart. And then I'm done, I go on with my day, but what, what does God want me to pray for? What's on his heart? Who does he want me to pray for? And so God, what do you want to speak to me? How do you want me to pray? Is there anyone you want me to pray for? I heard st- stories like this, like several stories, but here's one I heard where somebody woke up in the middle of the night. God woke them up in the middle of the night and they were praying in tongues and they realized I'm praying for my friend who's a missionary on the other side of planet earth. And they just begin praying and they're interceding for their friend, not knowing that their friend is in physical danger in that very moment. They found out later when they talked to that friend, they said, hey, God woke me up in the middle of the night to pray for you. And this is when it was, and that, that, that person, that friend of theirs who's a missionary said, that's the exact moment I was going through this. I was in danger. And I love it when God does that. That is super cool. And so it's important for us to allow the Spirit to lead us in our prayers. Who does He want you to pray for? How does He want you to pray? Let the Spirit lead you so that we can learn to recognize and fight the battle in the spiritual realm. Okay, the battle is not against people. The battle is in the spiritual realm and it's won and it's fought on our knees in prayer. Okay, this is you and I tapping into what I like to call the fourth dimension. We live in a very three-dimensional world, right? The fourth dimension is the spiritual realm. Tapping into the fourth dimension and saying, Spirit, lead me, fill me, empower me. What do you want me to pray for? Who do you want me to pray for? And we can do the battle there in the heavenlies. That's the goal. That's what it means to pray in the Spirit. And oh, by the way, I don't think we should stop the armor of God section with the the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then Paul goes on to say, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So I think we need to include that into our spiritual warfare conversation as well. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Very important. If you and I are going to live by the Spirit, we want to grow in praying in the Spirit. Wouldn't you agree? Very, very important. So here's the goal that you and I would walk in alignment. So we talk about this principle of alignment today. I'm walking in alignment. I live in alignment. It's really living by the Spirit. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So, my last question then really would be, how do I know if I'm living by the Spirit? How do I know, I'm do- how do- how do I know that I'm actually doing this thing? And I'd say, the most basic evidence is love. If love is naturally coming out of your life, then you know you are living by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 13. And now I will show you the most excellent way if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Okay, so Paul is referencing here, you know, speaking in tongues and, and heavenly languages and all that. Okay, so he's saying, that's great. You can speak in those things. And Paul later on says, I wish everyone spoke in tongues like me. I just want all of us to, to seek that gift. But if you do that, he says, and you have no love coming out of you, then you're just making noise. It's a waste of time. You're not getting the point because the point still is love. Yeah. And so... If love is naturally coming out of what I do in my life, then I know I'm doing okay at living by the Spirit. Because that's one of the fruit or the evidences of living by the Spirit. It's love. 
Okay, so the rest of the evidence would be the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, and faithfulness. I forgot faithfulness, right? So that's the fruit that comes out. When I live by the Spirit, those things will naturally come out. If you pull out of this parking lot and you start driving down the road and someone cuts you off and you start yelling and explaining expletives and and pointing them towards heaven and all this stuff's coming out of you, then you know in that moment I have shifted out of living by the Spirit. I'm now living by my emotions. I am upset. There is no patience in my life right now. I am not kind. That fruit is not coming out of my life and I've stepped out of alignment, right? And so I gotta, okay, God, forgive me. Okay, forgive me, God. You know, I need to get back into alignment with you. Fill me again, lead me so that I can live by the Spirit. And if, when I live by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit naturally come out of my life. If you're struggling with patience, then you know you're not living by the Spirit because that will come out of your life as you live by the Spirit. It happened to me this morning. You know, driving and road illustrations are the simplest and easiest ones typically. I followed this really, really slow person who didn't know where they were going this morning and I started getting really annoyed. Do you know how to drive? And I'm getting very impatient and I'm realizing... Okay, I'm getting ready to go talk about this here in a few moments, and here I am. I'm just living this out right here. Like, okay, God, help me because I'm getting very impatient, and that's not how God has designed me to live. Impatience doesn't help anybody. I want the fruit of the Spirit to come out of my life. We have two orange trees in our back in about one month, in our backyard, in about one month, those oranges are gonna be ripe. And just this weekend, we were looking at those and like, okay, we're getting close. Those, those are the best oranges I've had on planet Earth. They're so good. The rental home loves it when those oranges are ripe. So we look forward to this orange tree that every year, right in the middle of December, naturally produces the fruit of orange. It just happens naturally. As you and I live by the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit will naturally come out of our life. When it doesn't, you know that's an indicator. I'm out of alignment. I need to get back into alignment again today. And my prayer for you is that you would live this out more and more and more. Let's be people of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. But it takes you and I walking in alignment, body submit to soul, soul submit to spirit, spirit submit to the Spirit of the living God. I submit to you, God. I trust you. I'm gonna live for you and let your Spirit empower me today so that I can live life the way you've designed me to live it. That's my prayer for you, and that's my goal for you. Do you want that? So let's look at one last verse here, This is because this is fascinating. Luke chapter four, we read verse one. Can you remember this? The very beginning, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert. Next 13 verses explain his temptation and his interaction with Satan in the desert. Then verse 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee. So he comes out of the season, it says, in the power of the Spirit. Something happened even in Jesus, the God-man, as he lived this life full and led by the Spirit, walked through some things, was strengthened. Now he comes out of the season, not just filled and led by the Spirit, but he's in the power of the Spirit. 
And that's my prayer for you, is that as you walk through life, as you go through tough things, you and I would continually trust Jesus, be filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and he strengthen us, strengthening us, doing a work in us so that you and I can actually walk in the power of the Spirit and see the power of God more and more and more and more in our life. That's my prayer for you. And this is a calling for everybody, by the way. This isn't just for super Christians or special people. You and I all are called to live this way. And I would say the greater submission you walk into Jesus, the greater authority you can walk in. The greater authority. And so the prayer is this every day. Fill me, lead me. Fill me, Holy Spirit, lead me. Let's be people who don't just have the Holy Spirit. Remember, this is the the whole sermon and sentence. I have the Holy Spirit as a follower of Jesus, but am I letting the Holy Spirit lead me? That's the goal. Would you stand your feet? We're gonna pray, we're gonna worship. I hope this helps you live this thing out. That's the goal of this. These messages are gonna kind of build on one another as we go through the series, Life in the River. What's it mean? So I just encourage you, just jump on into the river. Jump on in, just dive on into the spirit of God. Let him fill you and lead you. In this week, let's make a determination. I'm gonna walk in alignment and be led by the spirit as best as I possibly can today. In fact, again, let me throw out because this weekend's Freedom Conference, or Freedom Con, as we like to call it, is, is gonna be really cool. Everyone's invited to come and experience Freedom Con. And if you wanna experience more of the Spirit, more of His presence, you want Him to break things over your life, then you're welcome. You're, you're invited to come this Friday night, 6.30, Saturday morning at 9. We Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon sessions. It's gonna be really, really powerful and awesome weekend. You're invited to come. You come and join us. So let's pray right now. Lord, just want to start by surrendering to you and submitting to you and recognizing that you are God and we are not. You made the heavens and the earth and all that lives and walks within this. God, you are our creator. What's so amazing is that you love us and want relationship with us. So we surrender ourselves to you, put our, just is putting our trust in you and asking you to fill us right now. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us again. Fill us anew. And if that's your prayer, if that's your heart, just go ahead and just stretch your hands out to him right now. I'm speaking to pray the Holy Spirit, fill me right now. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Maybe you're here and you're new to this church thing, you're new to this Jesus thing, and maybe just a simple, just beginning of Jesus, I, I, I trust you. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and then rose again, proving that you're God. I put my trust in you, I'm saying yes to you, I'm asking for forgiveness for my sins that puts you on the cross. And I wanna follow you. I wanna live life with you. If that, maybe that's, that's your prayer today, just begin to pray that prayer and pray a prayer of submission to him and just surrender to him and just trusting in him with your whole life and let him change you from the inside out. This is being born again spiritually. Maybe that's your prayer right now. And now for all of us, we're just praying, Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill us. We want to, as we're gonna sing here in a moment, we wanna be close to you. We're just so thankful that you're not a God that's far off, but you're a Emmanuel, God with us. God even 
in us. We're so thankful for that, Lord. So we want to be as close to you as we possibly can. It's our heart's desire. That's our cry. That is our prayer. We pray that and declare that right now. Holy Spirit, we need you. We want you. Would you fill us in this place right now? In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.